You are listening to TKO on CFRU Radio 93.3 FM in Guelph, Ontario and available worldwide at CFRU.ca. What is happening, everybody? What is good with y'all? It's your girl, Joan Nunn, right here on TKO. As you already know, here on TKO, all we talk about is mixed martial arts, also known as MMA and other combat sports, too. We also discuss the issues that surround the world of fighting. And talk about notable fighters and athletes and how they got started in the game. And of course, where they are now. So that that last part right now, it just reminded me of something. Because one of the fighters that we're going to be talking about a lot today on the show, I think it's very important to think back on all the things that this person has accomplished, how things are looking for this person right now, and potentially what the future holds for this fighter. And uh, not to give a lot of things away at this very moment, but I don't know if you can tell who I'm going to be talking about today in that regard. Well, you'll see for yourself in a few minutes. I mean, it's not it's not that hard to guess, especially considering all the amazing events that have been happening in the world of combat sports right now. Hands, hands, UFC 264, McGregor versus Poirier 3. That just happened. So, yeah, we're going to be talking about that a lot today, just uh, reminiscing about all the fights that already took place, give you our point of view of things, and talk about the aftermath of things. So, the person I was talking about, I mean, I was going to keep it a secret, I guess, for a few more minutes, but I really do want to talk about Conor McGregor, what the future holds for Conor McGregor at this point. Because as you all know, and we're going to be talking about it in more detail in a few minutes, uh, something very drastic happened to Conor McGregor on Saturday night when he was fighting Dustin Poirier for the third time. And it'll definitely complicate things a little bit. <laughs> Honestly, I'm just, uh, yeah, no, that's an understatement for sure. Un- a little bit is not a good word, uh, but things are complicated for sure for Conor McGregor at this point but uh, I think we have to pay credit when creditors do Uh, still give credit uh, during the time that both of these guys both Conor McGregor and Dustin Poirier performed well during their fight on Saturday night and uh, specifically I do want to talk about Conor McGregor though so just put that thought on hold for a second all right so yes UFC 264 happened uh y'all let me know what you thought because a lot of people I feel like even a lot of casual fans tune into that fight expecting a lot of fireworks which there definitely was but also at the same time, you know, things were a little bit different uh, with regards to the outcome of the 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 main event of the evening, which is okay. That's just how the MMA game works, and we can't really predict everything. Things do happen. But yeah, I really wonder how you guys thought of it, especially, you know, I want to get the perspectives of casual fans people that just tuned in for that fight versus people have who have been watching mma for a long time you know mma hardcores versus casual mma fans what you what did you guys think okay just uh holla at us on social media at tko underscore podcast on instagram so just comment on our posts let us know what you think let us know what you thought about this fight did you enjoy it? Did you come across anything unexpected? 
you know, how do you feel about the future of some of these fighters uh, who are on this card? You know, just just let us know what you think. Yeah. But today, yeah, we're going to be mainly reminiscing about this UFC 264 five, uh, fight card. Overall, I really enjoyed it. I do classify myself as a hardcore um, MMA purist, like the, the strictest you can make it. I don't know whatever other adjectives you want to add to that. But uh, yeah, so I personally really enjoyed UFC 264, I think. Um, all the fights on the on this whole card, taken from the main card, preliminary fights, all of those fights were very, very exciting to watch. Um, there were a few highlights that, in my opinion, again, as a as an MMA, uh, you know, someone who actually likes to watch technique and whatnot, I really did enjoy. And a lot of times that I would see a fight and I would think to myself, this person is definitely on their way up. Like this is only the beginning for this person or things are looking very, very bright for this particular fighter. There were so many occasions like that, which was so heartwarming because honestly, um, we, we honestly live for these moments. Like it's always nice to have superstar fighters fight on a card. You know, people like Conor McGregor, Jorge Masvidal, Khabib. All those awesome people, uh, but also it's uh, the, like the, the the bulk of the game nowadays is youngsters or people who are just starting out in the UFC or some of those bigger MMO, MMA organizations just uh, starting to gain success and finally proving themselves to a, a greater scene and a greater audience and putting on a good performance, a good technical performance. That's what we all live for. So there were so many moments like that as well. But yeah, that's mainly what we're going to be talking about today. But uh, before I forget, so this upcoming weekend, we're going to be having a very interesting UFC fight night, actually. So UFC is going to stay in Las Vegas. Uh, last week, they were in the T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas. This upcoming weekend, they're going to go back to their headquarters at the UFC Apex Center to have a UFC fight night being headlined by a great lightweight bout between Islam Makachev and Tiago Moises. So Islam is um, our new favorite in the lightweight division. I'm just going to briefly talk about him uh, for a bit. So Islam Makachev, uh, some of you might know him from the fact that he actually trains with Khabib Nurmagomedov's team um, in Dagestan. They're very tight, very close. Uh, please correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe they might be cousins. Okay, but don't quote me on this. Yeah, because I do, I I do remember seeing Islam with Khabib all the time. Every time Khabib had a training camp for his own fight, uh, Islam was always there to spar with them, be his training partner, or if not, just uh, you know, as his uh, entourage. And a lot of people even claim Islam as uh, Khabib Nurmagomedov's protege for the fact that. Um, well, both guys have a very uh, similar style of fighting and that being them favoring wrestling a lot in their fights. And again, that actually comes as an understatement because, you know, wrestling being your forte, like, sure, okay, yeah. Like, uh, you go into a fight, you just want to go for wrestling. Like, that's yeah, that's the thing you tend to favor. But in this case, when we're talking about Khabib Nurmagomedov's training team and his entourage... Listen, um, it, it, when you think of wrestling, you should just equate that to Khabib Nurmagomedov's team. 
Uh, that's just how good these guys are and what they do whenever it comes to wrestling. Um, taken from Khabib himself, Khabib used to wrestle from a very, very young age. He even wrestled with grizzly bears way back when. I'm not going to talk about that more, but there's footage of that actually if you look it up. Um, and the same thing goes for Islam. Islam has been training very, very hard. Um, it's like wrestling is almost embedded in his DNA. And listen, this is coming from a scientist, but you know, you know what I mean, okay? But Islam Makachev, he has a very, very similar style of fighting to Khabib Nurmagomedov. And you know, since the time that Khabib retired from this lightweight division, he hung up the fighting gloves and he relinquished the belt in this division and whatnot a lot of people are saying that okay maybe Khabib actually wants to put most of his focus like his coaching focus on Islam so that Islam comes back to or not comes back to but like actually rises in rankings and uh, even potentially fights for the title who knows right because what Khabib had before what Khabib brought to the division it was so unique and essentially literally uh, unbeatable because Khabib never really lost the fight for as long as he fought in professional MMA and the same thing seems like it's happening for Islam Makachev and uh, you know this is like Khabib Nurmagomedov himself um, he he didn't start from the 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 toppest levels himself obviously he had to go through different levels of the game he too had to start from being non-ranked to getting into the top 10 uh, contenders list and then eventually slowly and steadily just making his way up through the rankings until he became the champion of the world in the lightweight division and he beat all of his opponents until the time came and he was like peace out i need to um anyway so he had his own reasons that's kind of like beyond the scope of this episode but um i'm just making that parallel uh how do you say like example in this case because that's exactly how khabib himself rose to uh power in this division and it seems like uh islam might even have a little bit of a more advantage in this case too because he is indeed getting khabib's support like 100 support in this case um and um uh, not saying that it's gonna like completely pave the path for him but it's definitely gonna help him a lot because khabib can definitely share um some of his experiences with him you know some of the challenges that he would face against certain comp- uh, contenders in this division people who are still fighting in this way division people that's islam might have to face in the near future so that's all great uh stuff for islam but uh this is exactly why you should be watching this fight that islam makachev is going to be having on saturday night because uh i believe after so actually i don't think this is the first time that islam is headlining a main card but uh, this is still a huge deal for him because, yeah, even though right now he's ranked the number nine uh, contender in the lightweight division, um, any opportunity that he gets, uh, he needs to use it to the best of his ability so that he can use that that platform and, and marketing scene and stage 
so that he can make a name of himself. Like, yeah, sure. We as the MMA hardcore people, we know exactly how potent of a fighter Islam Makachev is. But for some of those other um, maybe like casual fans, we need to get Islam's name out there, man. Okay, shout out to Islam. I'm actually so, so excited for this fight. Islam Makachev is going to come out there and definitely put on a good performance. But also, um, it's going to be very interesting in this particular case because he's, he is, after all, going to be fighting against the number 14 uh, ranked contender in the division, Tiago Moises. Overall, it's going to be a very, very great fight to watch. So another thing that I want to quickly say about this UFC fight night is that not only the main event is good, but also the co-main event is the one that you should be watching because one of, the, uh, one of my all-time favorite women um mma fighters one of those veterans out there misha tate is actually going to be coming back into professional fighting um and specifically to the ufc uh and she's going to be fighting off against the currently ranked number 12 contender in the bantamweight division marion uh renault so this is going to be a great fight especially because marion has been gaining a lot of success recently for her most recent fights uh in the ufc and uh she's she's really tough to fight against um just um uh, remembering some of the fights that she's had very recently she is not an easy person to beat at all and i say this specifically because as much as we all love misha tate misha tate uh, actually this is going to be a major comeback fight for her because misha tate has not fought in about want to say five years if not more and this was because misha tate so after she, after her contract was up with the ufc uh misha tate and her family actually moved to singapore she was working for one championship another mma organization in asia and uh she had a very important executive role there she was not fighting though and uh you know uh, life happened and she had a beautiful daughter and uh later on she decided to get back into training camp get back in fighting shape and here she is uh coming back into the ufc and having her comeback fight and that just shows you i okay i love women i love 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 all women specifically you know strong women like misha tate because she you know by doing this she is showing us all that you can do anything that you put your mind into as a woman you can be a mother you can be a badass fighter you can be a leader in a very important company you can do whatever you want you can do whatever you put your mind into and you know i'm just saying this for women because um shout out to all women i love women uh but also to like all individuals regardless of how you classify yourself um uh, you you know this just shows you as a human being you don't really have to restrict yourself to just one thing or another why not do all the things that I actually want to do? Like, okay, it's only a matter of time. Maybe not do them all at once because so many different things can happen in life. But just uh, if you want to do it, just put your mind into it and work towards it because you got it. If you want it, then you can definitely work it out. Anyway, so shout out to Misha Tate. Misha Tate is going to be coming back for this fight against Marion Renault. I'm very excited for it. But um, yeah, like I said earlier, 
Uh, it is going to be interesting to see how Ring Rust has impacted Misha Tate because, yes, um, she's been dealing with so many different things outside of her uh, octagon life. Uh, and that makes me wonder. Yeah, of course, right now she's in phenomenal shape um, athletically. But does that mean that when the time comes that the cage closes behind them, um, that Misha Tate is actually ready to get out there and just um, get in that rhythm of fighting, like an actual fight. Is she ready yet? And if not, that's totally natural. Like, I'm telling you, the ring rust phenomenon is real. And it's okay. Like, it happens to everybody. I've barely come across anybody who hasn't experienced it after having a layoff in fighting or, like, combat sports. So even if the, if it does happen, it's totally okay. It's natural. It's kind of expected. But at the same time... Um, I really wonder how she will honestly perform against Marion because Marion, she's been a, a lot more active than Misha Tate and she's been very successful in her uh, fights as well. So yes, here we're going to be having two wonderfully strong women going at it for a bantamweight bout and that is our co-main event of the evening. So uh, yeah, all these fights are happening in Las Vegas, Apex Center. Make sure you catch up with it. Main card starting at 10 p.m. Eastern time. All right. Okay. So the other thing that I want to quickly talk about and get out of the way before we talk about UFC 264 is that you might remember <laughs> that uh, a very important boxing match was supposed to be happening in like two weeks. Uh, hint, hint, July 24th, we're going to be, we were, I should say, going to be having a very important heavyweight championship fight between uh, the current WBC heavyweight champion of the world, Tyson Fury, and the former WBC champion, Deontay Wilder so this was supposed to be the trilogy fight between the two guys and there was a lot of drama surrounding this camp and this uh, fight itself the two have already fought uh, two times in the past things really uh, were kind of like put on hold since the pandemic because uh, allegedly well actually not allegedly it, it was proven it was shown later that when Deontay Wilder was the champion before Tyson Fury beat him and the second fight that the two guys had it was written in his contract that uh, Deontay Wilder was actually going to be an award uh, he was going to be awarded a third fight um, in this case against Tyson Fury because you know as the champion he gets to have more of a say in the contract at the time so that was written in his contract and Tyson Fury won and Deontay didn't really act upon that clause in, in the contract. And then the pandemic hit. Everything was put on hold. And then Tyson Fury, he was actually scheduled to, he was scheduled to fight the current IBF, IBO, WBA, and WBO heavyweight champion of the world, Mr. Anthony Joshua, for, you know, just unifying all the heavyweight belts, like how things used to be, you know, the good old uh, glory days, gold, golden days of boxing way back when, when we had unified, uh, yeah, like the undisputed unified championship um, fights, I guess, yeah. So that was supposed to happen. Everybody was so, 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 so excited until Deontay Wilder 
took things to court, da da da, right? And we we're like, okay, what is happening? Like we thought, okay, first of all, where was Deontay Wilder? You know, this is very just out of the blue, just hitting us in the face. We we're also excited about this Anthony Joshua fight, but that happened. Things went, things actually went to court, and uh, the the judge actually ruled that the fight, the third fight between Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder is to happen as soon as possible, meaning that the fight between uh, Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua was to be completely scrapped and nothing else would matter but this trilogy fight between Deontay and Tyson. So having said all those things, you know, people were a little bit iffy about it at first, but then they accepted, you know, they're just kind of like, they were like, okay, whatever. I mean, after all, it's going to be a very exciting fight because the first two fights were really interesting to watch. So everybody was mentally ready for this fight. And, and the fight was supposed to be happening on July 24th. So in two weeks, yes. And a few days ago, we get a very strange news update about the fact that a major COVID-19 outbreak has occurred in Tyson Fury's camp. And the fight is now up in the air. So, my friends, um, I leave that up to you. I kind of want to leave this as an open-ended thing. Because, of course, yes, COVID-19 is a major, is, a, is an actual and a real thing. Yes, it's very bad. But the fact that an outbreak, and an actual outbreak has happened in Tyson Fury's camp is a little bit concerning and a little bit strange to believe. Because, yeah, obviously you have to self-isolate. You have to do all the things that you have to do when you get sick. You know, take the necessary precautions so that you protect this fight at all costs and protect the health of other people at all costs. And now we're hearing that Tyson Fury, something like the, his, his cam actually had an outbreak of COVID-19. Like, what is happening here? Okay, yeah, no doubt about the fact that it could have it could have been the case, but uh, it, it's just been a little bit fishy because uh, only one um, like that's the only thing that's been said about the situation. No further update has been provided, and everybody's just saying that the fight is just up in the air, and we're not sure if the fight is actually ha- going to be happening on July twenty fourth. But uh, considering all the drama that was surrounding this fight already, uh, honestly, I have to channel my inner skeptical hippo. Uh, Yeah, honestly, because uh, you never really know what the situation is. There's so much politics, even in sports. Yes, you'll be surprised. But that's just how uh, specifically even the sport of boxing works because there's so many behind the scene things happening that we as the fans if, if we dig deep into it we'll figure it out not all of it still but we'll figure some things out you know just like the tip of the iceberg kind of thing and even at that stage it's like it blows your mind and uh right now speaking from kind of like what what's the word i forget but like um past experiences that things like this have happened before in the world of combat sports it could be number scenario one yes there was an actual outbreak in tyson fury's camp which is very stupid because if one person catches the virus you should take the necessary precautions and just self-isolate do things that will protect the people who got the virus but also protect your fighter protect the camp 
make compromises, come up with alternative plans, right? That's scenario one. Scenario two, something else is happening that they're not telling us. And I know it's a little bit vague at this point, you know, just I, I don't want it to, to come out as a conspiracy theory or whatever you want to think of it. No, 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 no. I'm just telling you this is just a business and the politics of boxing. There's so much involved in it. Um, it could be that Tyson Fury might actually want more time to train because when this fight was announced, it was only a month ago. And Tyson Fury, yes, he he does have footage of himself training in the boxing gym most days. But for him to guarantee a very good outcome in this trilogy fight against Deontay, maybe he just didn't feel prepared enough. Maybe something else was happening. Maybe they're trying to buy time or not. But I'm telling you, my, my fighter gut is telling me that something just doesn't feel right. All right, y'all. Just I'm just going to leave it there. I'm not going to like, you know, throw speculations at you anymore. I'll let you again. I want to leave it as an open ended thing. But I want you guys to tell us what you think about the specific situation. Go on social media, TKO underscore podcast on Instagram. DM us, comment on our post. Tell us how you feel about this whole situation. Do you think something fishy is going on with this whole Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury trilogy or not? Okay, yeah, just tell us that. But that's all I'm going to say about that at this stage. And if there's any other updates, I'll definitely let you guys know. All right, enough of that. Okay, so let's reminisce a little bit about UFC 264. Okay, so I'm sure by now, again, like I said before, I feel like a lot of even casual fans tune into this fight, which was amazing. I love it when people who don't usually watch MMA tune in and um, they get to just get a taste of the sport for themselves. And I think it was a good showcase of what true MMA actually is because number one we had a lot of interesting showcasing of what great talent we have currently in the UFC you know taking from people people fighting early on in the main card people like Sean O'Malley who had such a great performance against Chris uh, Montino you know and uh, some of the other phenomenal ladies fighting on this card Irene Aldana who beat Yana Kunitskaya uh, in the first round with such dominant victory um, people like even Tai Tuivasa, who, uh, you know, the Australian heavyweight who fought Greg Hardy and threw a nasty power shot that completely KO'd Greg Hardy. And even the fight, the Colombian event between Stephen Wonderboy Thompson and Gilbert Burns, that was a slow burn, uh, more of a slugfest, as we would like to call it here. But uh, overall, it was a very, very interesting fight, uh, a very technical one, one of those technical ones that I was talking about earlier. Very interesting to watch and analyze. And Gilbert Burns, he put on such a great performance. And uh, overall, I would say I was very proud of how these uh, wonderful fighters represented our sport to even some of the people who don't usually watch MMA and they just tune in for this particular fight card. But also, if you were a casual fight fan and you tune into this card, you also face some of the realities of mixed martial arts being that, yeah, you know, things aren't always super pretty and nice. And that, yes, you can go in completely healthy and come out on a stretcher because of 
literally something that I didn't even have control over. So this is exactly what happened to Conor McGregor, uh, as you saw on Saturday nights, because Conor McGregor, he was throwing leg kicks towards Dustin Poirier in the er, early on in the fight. And uh, Dustin Poirier checked one of his kicks. When you're kicking, um, the shin bone is very fragile. Uh, any If it hits any bone on your opponent's body, if it hits it at, at the wrong angle, at the wrong time, at the, with the wrong force, it can actually shatter. And that's exactly what happened to Conor McGregor. And it shattered his uh, shin bone, his tibia and fibula. They were both fractured at a very uh, strange spot towards the ankle. Because usually, you know, um, you would expect things to break in the middle of it. Like that's just how the physics of things work. But in this case, it shattered, I keep saying shattered, but like fractured at a very unusual spot. But it happened. It was gruesome and very, I'm sure, very, very painful for Conor McGregor, especially because we're coming into this fight, you know, as the fans thinking, oh, Conor is just going to go out there, you know, specifically with all the trash talk that he had at the press conference against Dustin. We're saying, He's in such a great mindset. He's going to go out there, put on such a great performance. But then, again, like I said, this is the reality of mixed martial arts and literally all combat sports. Uh, as exciting as they are, as rewarding as they are, as risky as they are, there's also um, injuries involved, very serious injuries involved. And you definitely got to witness one of those cases on Saturday night. So hopefully Conor McGregor is doing okay. Uh, from what we know, he was taken to the hospital and uh, he was uh, operated. His leg was operated and he's under stable condition. But, you know, um, that just goes to show the whole fight card. UFC 264 goes to show that this is the reality of sport. The sport is beautiful, but also um, that that is the reality of it. And uh, it can get pretty gruesome if you're not careful enough. Yeah, that's just how it is. But overall, I think it was a very, very exciting fight card. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed it as well. But I'm just looking at the clock right now. Unfortunately, that is all the time we're going to be having for this week. You guys make sure you go to CFRU.ca to catch up with previous episodes. And until next time, it's your girl Janon right here. And this is TKO. Peace out.